Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How much you uh, miss Tim Horton's coffee or not at all? You know what? I've actually gotten away from uh, coffee a little bit. Oh, but, yeah? Uh, when I do come back to Canada, that is the coffee that I would drink. I was off it for 20-some-odd years, and then, oh, wow. yeah, I went on a little keto fast, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. And, man, was it It was tough. It was tough. Well, I'm, I'm a, I like my bread and butter. I like my toast. I like my carbs. And, uh, anyways, everyone's been – not everyone. A lot of people have been trying it and have some – you know, I got a little – I don't get out of the chair as much. I mean, my work is right here in my office. You know, I don't, I don't get enough exercise, right? And uh, so I did the uh, keto, and about three days into it, I got the flu. Like, I got the keto flu. I had no idea about it, but I really had to try and remedy it in the middle of it. That's oh. actually some. Yeah. Yeah, it is, eh? Yeah. I'm not surprised. I think with a lot of these, you know, say fad diets, I mean, they're whatever you want to call them. I think there's, you know, your balance, your body just needs balance. And I think when mm-hmm. you start removing, you know, central carbohydrates, your body almost goes into shock mode. It's kind of like when people detox, you know, you get sick, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, your body's pushing out toxins and you get sick. So if you're not prepared for it and you, you know, if you don't have the ability to withstand it, it's hard to, to go through those phases. Yeah. Um, I had four days diet. of solid headache. I had yeah. uh, three nights of complete bed sweats, <laughs> and I was just all crampy and just sore. I knew yeah. I didn't have the flu, but anyways, it yeah. was it was healthy. Uh, oh, sorry, it was uh, effective a drop in the weight. It came off like really quickly. Anyways, right. I, I'm going back to my my coffee story. I quit coffee when I started in real estate 25 years ago. I'd have two a day, and it just my pits were soaked, and I get all right. shaky and dehydrated and run to the bathroom all the time and. And uh, anyways, yeah. when I was on the keto, I started uh, using. T- I've started on back on coffee, and I used, uh, you know, Tim Hortons double double with sweetener. I know sweetener, but it was kind of yeah. like my treat, like because I, I couldn't eat anything. It was just it was uh, it was almost drove me crazy. Oh, anyway, yeah, it, does. it does drive a lot of people crazy. <laughs> and it got me back on the uh, on the coffee again, so I've been enjoying it. Anyways, Riley Cote, thank you for your time, brother. It's been a few years. I appreciate you. Your loyalty and coming on the show and uh hey we went back to well it's been a few years i was uh i was on 610 i think last time we spoke so yeah what's new in the cote world well uh you know i got a few different irons in the fire i'm still uh you know pushing hard in the hemp space i got hemp thrive cbd company working on uh closing out a deal with uh, a local university here in pennsylvania cheney university and uh, building out an extraction facility on their premises as well as a soil to oil hemp curriculum so cultivation uh you know the processing extraction and the marketing and and formulation of the product so that's going to be a big one for us it's going to help build obviously the 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 actual extraction facility company brand but also the body check wellness brand which is the hemp derived cbd brand and then um you know real estate stuff but also just want to work on my own personal brand which is about uh you know, uh, personal growth, spiritual development, mental skills, uh, and it's that's under the brand Cote Culture, which I haven't launched yet officially. Just working on some podcasts, some audio stuff uh, for it, and uh, that's kind of ab- about it. But it's it's keeping me moving, it's keeping me all over the place, and uh, you know things are changing. It's nice to see how 
how things have changed since I got into the hemp space and, you know, the healing world and how, you know, it's, it went from like no one even understood hemp and now everybody is talking about CBD and phrase, yeah. you know, and it's a really small amount of time how, uh, how, you know, the perception has shifted and how people are kind of coming around to understanding at least the surface level of what cannabis is and hemp is. But uh, nonetheless, it is, it is progress and we'll take, take little wins as we get them. But uh, yeah. it's been nice to see. I started Nature's Hemp in 2001, and who would have ever thought? I mean, we were talking years ago before industrial hemp was legalized, and that that was my, you know, I wasn't going for the whole marijuana thing, although that's hugely important as well, but my angle was just industrial hemp. And who ever right. thought the United States of America would legalize weed before industrial cannabis? Like, it just, it's it blows my mind, and now everyone's talking about cbds well hell no one knew what an omega was in 2001 right. you know my mother thought i was crazy what's this blah 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 and that now it's a buzzword and i'm so glad and you know I, I wish i had stayed in that space a little longer but i'm distracted i'm also in real estate and addicted to talking to guys like you and and you know you never know once in a while somebody will go hey that conversation with kote that was awesome it changed my life like i can't not do it because of that right but uh right. whoever thought that We'd be sitting here, what is it, about five years later, and the world has completely changed, man. Yeah, it really has. And it's unfortunate for Canada because I always thought Canada had the, the, the leg up. You know, they had the industrial hemp program for 25 years, and yeah. they were just growing it for seed and seed oil. So very one-dimensional, essentially wasting the rest of the of the product. But uh, then they go full legalization. They had this medical cannabis program federally for, for I don't know how many years, 12 years maybe, whatever it was. Um, you know, thinking that they're going in the right direction with it. But I, I feel like it's just become um, an absolute abolishment, uh, you know, especially when you, the CBD is, is still sold under the dispensary model and not sold in, you know, health food stores and, you know, in the name of wellness, which it is. I think they're really complicating it. And, uh, and unfortunately, yeah, the Americans are ahead and, and the Europeans are ahead and, you know, probably the Chinese. I mean, the Chinese are certainly ahead in the industrial you know, mm -hmm. side of things, but I tell you what, they're, they're, they're wasting a huge opportunity here, and uh, they better figure it out quickly. Otherwise, everything's going to be sourced outside of Canada if they're not uh, you know, too careful. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how many uh, missed opportunities you have when when things are up and coming in technology or agriculture or whatever it is. And, and I agree with you. We've missed a, missed our shot there now. Um, but I just want to tell some of the people that are watching, uh, Riley Cote is a former Philadelphia Flyer and ex-Phantom uh, as well. You won the Cup in 2004. My first year. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the Calder Cup it was, right? Yeah, Calder Cup, yeah. And the Phantom's uh, Man of the Year for 06, 07. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe. the Flyers gave you a, an award too. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, Pelly. Yeah. Pelly Lindbergh uh, uh, trophy. Most improved, was it? Yeah. I guess that's what uh, <laughs> what you what you get when you can't earn any of the other awards. <laughs> Would you take some skating right. classes right. the year before? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah went from uh, zero goals to one goal that year. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Carey Price ain't doing so well these days. You can't, uh, you yeah. can't be too sad to see that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, brother, but tell me uh, about... Uh, your activism with MS. I know your older sister, Jamie, has it, and you've been really active in that space as well. How does that come together with your, your hemp activism? Well, I think the whole diagnosis of her MS was probably the, the very thing that pushed me over the edge of actually 
being vocal and actually, you know, pursuing this on a, on a grander scale. You know, I, I had a lot of questions when she got her diagnosis and this was, uh, I mean, she's, she's three years older than I, two years older than I am. You know, this is going back 20 years. She was diagnosed with this. So I struggled to, uh, at first, just kind of like making some sense of it. You know what I mean? It's like, I always, you know, heard there, you know, we don't know what caused it. We don't, we don't, we don't have a cure, you know, all these different diseases. And, you know, it just kind of made me question a lot of things. So I actually picked up a couple books. My first one being um, a book about uh, natural cures. It was by a guy named uh, Kevin Trudeau. Was, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, I think he, you know, you could, you could Google him and you could get a bunch of, you know, question marks. But, you know, the, the, the content of the book resonated with me because it, it just simplified things, right? It was just about, you know, an abundance of, of toxins and a lack of nutrition and environmental poisons and, you know, government and, uh, you know, policies and, you know, profits over pills or profits over people and, and, you know, the pill industry and, you know, all that stuff. So it made a lot of sense for me to, to kind of dive deeper. And, um, you know, uh, I started, you know, researching specifically MS and, you know, there was, you know, there's people will probably challenge me on this, but, you know, there's some information coming up about, uh, you know, autoimmune disease caused by, um, whether it was a, you know, a, a later vaccination or an abundance of heavy metals, uh, you know, and I think you can correlate a lot of these autoimmune diseases with an abundance of heavy metals that actually sit in your brain, you know, and uh, so it wound up being like, you know, detoxing the body and, you know, understanding that whole process, you know, kind of like the Gerson therapy, it's, it's, it's toxicity versus deficiency and, you know, we're toxic. A lot of the foods we're eating and environments we're in are very toxic and our elimination process can't keep up. So whether it's, you know, number one, number two, or sweating or breathing, you know, we just can't eliminate fast enough. So it accumulates and our, and our, and our bodies are designed to use food as, as medicine and, and detox and, you know, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, all these, you know, these words that we talk about um, that keep the body balanced. But your body can't keep up. You know, the nutrition can't keep up with the deficiency or the toxicities and we, we get sick, right? So it all, everything I kind of read seemed to be the same thing. There was MS, you know, cancer, and, and the rest of it. So, I became extremely passionate about uh, just just trying to help her from a you know nutritional healing component and kind of making her, making her more aware of her environment. And then I started learning about you know cannabis as real true medicine. I had a relationship with cannabis you know, previous to this, but I didn't understand it to, to the level I do now. And or even at the time when I started learning about it and how it can help at least manage the, the symptoms of MS, let alone, you know, actually taking a step further and, and getting her some you know, real true deep results. But um, that was really what really put me over the edge on, on uh, becoming passionate about that. And then what I realized is essentially all disease is very similar in the sense that it's an abundance of inflammation or it's autoimmune, it's our body's fighting itself and um, always connecting it back to our own daily behaviors, whether it's, you know, starting from nutrition, maybe we eat four or five times a day, most people. So what are you putting in your body? And, you know, what are you surrounding yourself with? And what are you putting on your body? I mean, I, a lot of diseases go back to, and again, abundance of heavy metals. So whether it's antiperspirants in your armpit, which is, you know, aluminum and whatever else, the makeup world, cosmetic world, you know, a lot of lead, again, a lot of aluminum, a lot of these things that shouldn't be in our, you know, products. And, you know, again, Get seeping into our skin and then working our way up to the brain. So you know, everything kind of seemed to be be the same but different. So I just realized that all the information I'd gathered, whether it was nutritional healing or you know cannabis and all this, I just realized that they all, they all all were connected and they all need to be talked about because it is a it is a series of uh, you know uh, 
holistic practices and combined, integrated together. It's not just a one size fits all, cure all type of uh, model that I've learned. So, um, you know, to answer your question, it was it, it was uh, my sister's diagnosis that you know put me into this world, and then the MS world put me into the the all things healing. You know what I mean? Because I, if I realized if I could understand this disease you know, at least enough to understand, you know, the rest of them, um, that they were all very, very, very similar, um, where it was an abundance of toxicity and really, uh, a, a lack of nutrition and, you know, cleaning up the environment, cleaning up the diet was a good start. And then mm-hmm. there's obviously other tools along the way, the cannabis plant, you know, the, the, the fungi kingdom, um, all these other, um, miracles that mother nature has provided us and we've mm-hmm. almost failed to, to use for at least the last uh, you know 90 years and i think throughout history they've been probably banned multiple times as well because yeah. it's always about uh, taking away resources controlling resources from people so it's unfortunate but you know age of information now we can get the good word out there we can talk about these things you know we can shed some light on experiences and anecdotal stories which i think in the cannabis space has helped propel you know the cannabis movement into legalization or quasi legalization uh, in some places. So just gonna keep uh, you know keep keep this up and keep talking about it because people are catching on. The natural world heals, and you know I think we've been misled mm, systematically, definitely. fundamentally, and uh, you know the, the the current model for healing doesn't work. No, oh, it's sick care. They want to keep us sick. There's a lot of money in being sick, right? Yeah, no doubt. And now I had a girlfriend of mine, oh, not a girlfriend, a friend of mine that um, she's got MS. And it was right when it was when she was first diagnosed and was coming on really strong and she was learning how to deal with it. And then she spent a lot of time overseas, so she couldn't take the hemp oil with her. But okay. she found, you know, you, you know, I always use the old adage, you know, you heal from the inside out. What you put in is, you know, and that's why it takes several weeks. I don't need to tell you this, but you start taking the hemp oil, you're not going to see results right off the bat. It takes a few weeks for it to get out to the skin, to, to your nails, to your hair, to your brain, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um but I was surprised that when I put her in, you know, I, I put everyone in a hemp milk bath if I can because no one's ever tried it. And, like, it's it makes your skin so silky and just the, the scent of that, I, I mean, unbelievable. Anyway, uh, I put her in the tub. She came out and she says, I, for the first time in 18 months, am pain-free. Like, out of the tub, pain-free. And I'm like, it blew my mind that. A topical application, and I'm not, you know, again, it's anecdotal. You know, it was only, you know, one person. But I often tell people, hey, if you're feeling like shit, blend a bunch of it up in the blender with some hot water, throw it in the tub, and you you, you really be surprised. Have you? Have you? I know we we know we heal from the inside out. So the nutritional end of it, eating the hemp oil, is important. But have you heard about a topical pain reliever like just industrial hemp milk? You know. Yeah, uh, really? I have, and uh, you know it's 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 amazing. You know, you look at your skin as the largest organ. I mean, which it is, and uh, um, you know it's a, it's a great vehicle for you know getting anti-inflammatory properties into your body. Um, you know, just that that full body relaxation when your body heals. You know, quicker when you're you know relaxed and mm-hmm. healing. You know, and and in that mode um but yeah absolutely i mean just with the topicals that you know just from you know on the hemp derived cbd right out of it simple topical in a you know in a, in a small area how much relief people get um you know through the skin um you know in the, the baths yeah in a perfect world you wake up in the morning and start your day off with something like that you know a hemp milk bath or you know add some essential oils to that i mean there's obviously yeah. other 
pieces of mother nature that are, are applicable here and um mm-hmm. you know turmeric and all these you know ginger all these anti-inflammatories but i think once we start understanding the human condition as you know an abundance of inflammation which you know whether you're dealing with arthritis disease state um just acute injuries it's all inflammation so we need yeah. to you know we need to be um, aware of that and be you know uh, on top of it get ahead of it you know so i you know i, I always say like you know, hemp derived CBD is like a multivitamin, like a daily essential. It's like I'm in I'm in the best shape of my life right now, and you know I I feel like I still take it to to stay ahead of it. You know where I was mm-hmm. taking it before because I was using it as reactive medicine. I was like I was banged up, you know, the mm-hmm. brain, my my physical body, and it's a great reactive medicine. But once you can kind of reel it in and 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 get you know back to where you need to be, now you you, you continue to use it because we're always fighting inflammation. And we're always fighting anxiety. I look at that as more of the mental health version of inflammation of the physical body, right? It's like it's it's your body's response to too much or trauma or, or, or whatever else. And the same thing, you know, in the mental health side of things is like anxiety is like a red flag for we're not doing it right. You know, we're, we're stressing ourselves out and we need to calm down or we need to, you know, uh, meditate or, you know, bring it in. And, um, you know, so these tools are available for us to keep, you know, the stressors at bay and the inflammation at bay. And this is something that people need to be taking on a daily basis, not just uh, not just when you become sick or, or become inflamed or, you know, what I mean? or you mm-hmm. become anxious. I think we need to get ahead of this stuff so it doesn't manifest itself into disease state. One of my good friends, uh, Brad Sheehan, back in the day, he, uh, well, I was a Green Party guy, and he's like, Jimmy, you need to read this book. It was The Emperor Wears No Clothes. Sure. Jack Herer, obviously, sure. the, the the emperor himself. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. And he is a typical conspiracy theorist guy, right? So <laughs> I said, I'm not reading your conspiracy theory guy. He's like, Jimmy, it's right up your alley. It's green, it's green, it's green. you got to read it. And so there was a lot of, you know, I flipped through it. There's lots of pictures and illustrations, so it's a perfect book for me. Anyways, I took it home, and I got through it in, like, a couple days and then I, I was just left with you know when you see those infomercials with the animals the wwf or you right. know kids you, you know you're just like oh this is all wrong well that's why i came back to him like dude this is this is wrong and it wasn't this is history it's not conspiracy theory this is a conspiracy and it's historical and i remember his sister dana who's no longer with us she died of cancer very, way too young but she, her monthly cycle was murderous. And I, I'm just hearing you when you say staying ahead of it. She'd run out of oil, and a month later she'd call us because she was losing her mind. And we had to tell her, don't run out of it because it wears off slowly. But she always knew that 30 days off it, her period would come, and she was just devastated, like the cramping and the pain, the mental stress and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And oh, yeah. if there's only one thing... Women should take this thing just for that alone. And, and maybe it's related to inflammation and what. I'm, I'm so grateful I don't have to deal with that monthly. Well, not quite as bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was strange that she would say, you know, yeah, sorry, it's been six weeks. I forgot to call you guys, and I'm going out of my mind. And then it take another three or four weeks to get back on the train and start feeling better about it. But, yeah, I agree with what you say about uh, staying ahead of the game. So I'm looking at you as kind of an expert these days because – I, you know, I've done the research, but it's it's 20 years for me since I really delved into it. So well, what do you say to the people? And I got this the other day from a veterinarian. My dad's dog blew out an ACL or an MCL or both. And then it's bilateral. So the other one usually goes too. So boom, she was only a, a year old. And she's fully recovered now almost. Um, and 
uh, the doctor, the vet said, uh, uh, fish oil. I said, Sam, I, I got jugs of, of hemp oil. Forget fish oil. Right. And she went back to the vet, and the vet said, yeah, but, and I've heard this argument before. That omega-3 is not immediately available. It needs to be processed by the body. If you give them ha- uh, fish oil, that uh, DHA or whatever it's called, that omega-3 is right there. It's available. Your body doesn't have to synthesize it. What, what, do you, what do you say when you come up against that argument, or have you ever heard it? I actually have never heard that argument before. Uh, you know, I just always look at hemp seed oil as uh, is you know the, a plant based alternative to fish oil. You know, what I mean, there's a reason why people get away from fish oil. A lot of the times, they're they're high in mercury or high in heavy metals. Mm. And source a really clean source. I mean, uh, um, you know, but a lot of people don't really know you know what they're doing on that in, in, that, in that world either. But um, I've never heard that argument before. Mm. I think there's always anytime you bring up hemp or cannabis. And they're not educated. They're always they're always going to drag their feet uh, on their you know their rebuttal or you know what they really truly feel because I think they're just not well versed enough. And it's in a safe it's a safe argument. It's a safe stance for them to to play it safe and, and uh, you know shy away. But um, you know I've always I've always heard and read that you know the you know, the omega three six and nine ratio of hemp seed oil is far superior than most well, at least in, in the nut and seed world i'm not sure if you can compare it to you know fish oil but um you know i have never heard that the uh you know hemp oil is not uh, hemp seed oil is not mm. uh, bioavailable or not you know it needs to synthesize differently than a, than a fish oil but you know I, I could be wrong on that but um you know from from what i've learned in my experience with hemp seed oil it's it's unbelievable. You Keeps know what you all I mean? That was up. when I started getting into the omega three fatty acids and really the nutritional side of things, going through the hemp seed. So you know, when I first started, you know, ingesting this in 2011, uh, a lot of hemp seed oil, a lot of hemp seeds. Obviously, I mean, I just went back to the seed and said, well, why am I supplementing the protein, which is a powder, and then you know the oil, which is just strictly an oil? I'm like, why don't I just eat the seed? <laughs> You know what I mean? I get the fiber, you get the you get the fat, you get the you know. So I just kind of stopped taking the protein and and the oil separately, and just started instead of supplementing, just eating whole foods and eating the, you know, the whole seed. So it was just you know you know you read about the digestibility of the the hemp protein it seemed to be you know topping the, every list I was reading as far as plant based protein. Um, you know I was you know uh, using a lot of whey protein back in the day mm-hmm. and not very, not very digestible. You know mm-hmm. bloating, gassy. My belly was out to here, you know, and yeah. once you get away from that and it was, you're just so trained to think about, you know, quantity, how many grams of protein are you getting, you know, not versus, you know, not the digestibility, how digestible is that protein source, you know, mm. so 10 grams of hemp seeds as far as superior than 40 grams of whey protein powder. Yeah, you know it breaks I mean? down really the easily. Body, it breaks down, yeah, and then you start to be eating the hemp seed, the whole food versus an isolate of dairy, um, you know, your body just receives it in such a positive manner and i think i mean I god's gift myself is, yeah exactly is how gassy i was back in the day i, I can't <laughs> tell you it just, um oh nothing's to... worse than flax seed man that stuff just tears my guts up it, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it makes yeah, the so... life life for anyone around me absolutely miserable because it coming out doesn't it doesn't do you any favors now, are you eating uh, when you do flaxseed I, do, I don't do it anymore i used to put it in my power drink but i used to just oh, grind oh, it up yeah and it would just I, torch me. I've, uh, I've 
been told that uh, that you know flax seeds are tough to digest mm. in their whole form; that they need to be ground up into like a powder for right. them to be more available. So maybe maybe that was part of the problem that you know mm-hmm. causing some some gassiness there. But yeah, I mean everyone's different too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we get these extremist views on like, oh, you know, I'm going vegan, and, and <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm never going to touch an animal protein again, and you know, they don't understand it enough, and they do it you know improperly, and and I think um, you know, I think with with, with this. When you're talking about you know true true health, and you have to understand that everyone everyone's different, and everyone has a different GI, and some people react differently to different foods, whether they're plant based or not. You know what I mean? I know a lot of healthy foods um, that people don't react well with, yeah, and that's sure. just fine. You know, that's just like the individual. Okay, we'll move on to the next healthy food and, and find what works. But you know, we, we can't think that all foods are great for all people. And, and the same thing with, with medicine too. It's you know some people just react differently. Some people are on pharmaceutical drugs and you know, the, there's a, there's a rather reaction with the food or, you know, reaction with the gut flora or whatnot, but everyone's, everyone's different with that. So it's mm-hmm. just a little bit of trial and error. I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of flax. So I wouldn't, I, I really couldn't tell you how I respond right. to that. Um, but I, I, you know, I think I've been able to reel it in enough now to understand what foods resonate well with me and which ones don't, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. Just listening to your body. Once you start becoming aware of this stuff, you just realize how you're supposed to feel and how certain foods make you feel. And you know what I mean? And make some correlation and make some choices around those feelings because mm-hmm. we keep eating and it's making us tired or, you know, or it's making our GI crampy. We got to take, if we got to take a tum or something after we've eaten, it's probably the wrong thing or just way too much of it because we, we, don't, we shouldn't have to take over the counter pharmaceuticals or, you know, garbage, to, you know what I mean? To, to, to help with our digestion, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Or counteract some of the gas and bloating that we've gotten from the food we ate. Like that's me, what is it? Bino or whatever it is. Like, it's like, come on. Like that, that's how crazy as a culture we become is that we don't even identify with our bodies at all. As far as what it's telling us, you know, the red flags, like these, these symptoms that eventually turn into diseases. Like if you're constipated, well, maybe look at your diet. What are you eating? That's making you constipated. Or the, you know, if you're, if you're taking a drug or something, you can identify that that's probably the cause of it. But if it's food related, instead of taking a drug for constipation, loosening up, maybe you have to because it's an emergency state now. But why don't remove the food that's causing the constipation? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the craziness that I see is like, okay, well, we're just we'll just keep taking pills to counteract the the, the poor decisions that we're making. And eventually we're just, you know, we're just constantly making poor decisions with it, you know, mainly with our diet and our drink. And then we're trying to, you know, we're trying to counteract that with, with pharma and, and, and all these outside sources where we just became more, you know, min- minimalistic and just uh, recognize these things. We wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to be on, you know, back on the offense to, to, to kind of counteract, mm-hmm. you know, the way your body's responding to your poor behaviors. You know, it's, 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 it's craziness really. But I think we became we've become so accustomed to, to operating like this, and we become addicted to a lot of these tools. I say tools. I mean that people think that they're leaning on uh, long term, but you really can't. I mean, sugar, caffeine, alcohol, tobacco. Um, you know, and then a lot of these pharmaceutical drugs have very you know very highly addictive qualities and properties. So mm. I think uh, we've we've kind of lost sight of. Of who we are and, and how we need to operate and, and what laws we need to follow and it's the universal laws of energy right i mean we 
we we've just you know kind of come off the come off the the rails and yep. um and, and we're confused you know we're looking for answers and you know, we're on social media and everyone's an expert and um you know we've lost faith in the medical establishment the people that are actually supposed to be looking out for health you know we have a heroin and an opioid crisis and you know mental health crisis obesity crisis like how can we be, how can we have become so disconnected and how could we be, have gotten it so wrong when when we're supposed to be following the science and you know what i mean and these these super highly intelligent professionals which in, in my opinion are just you know are just puppets for the corporations to pump out whatever science and whatever they want um unfortunately you know mother nature has always done it best we've tried to recreate that in labs you know with highly uh, highly expensive uh patented medicines and we're sicker than ever mm-hmm. we haven't cured shit <laughs> you know nothing i think the paradigm shifted a little bit and uh riley I, re- I appreciate your comments about you know reactionary i mean we wait until the symptoms appear and then we take a pill or something to to get on top of it when if we're just proactive you know by watching our diet or taking supplements and you know i tell everyone just take a shot of hemp oil every day if you if you if you can't mix it into something just shoot it it doesn't taste right. bad it's a little oily going down but and I do find with some people, though, that the first time they take it, they seem to burp it up for a few days. Like it keeps coming back on them like one of those foods that your body's yeah. saying, hey, get get the hell out of here. Um, just stay with it. Stay with it. It only lasts a couple of days. And once you get by that, you know, tasting it all day thing, it can really uh, it can really help you out. But what did you find as far as obstacles? I know you're you know well connected in the NHL and with your relationship with the Flyers and the Phantoms, and then I know you've done you've tried to get in there as far as helping guys, talking to guys. What, what did you find as far as you know obstacles that you had to overcome because of the stigma of this plant called hemp or cannabis? Well, I think uh, besides the league itself, you know the, the 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 league is just not ready to to change its policies not even on the industrial hemp as a like oil for a supplement to eat i mean if as a food absolutely i mean you can can buy you know hemp seed oil hemp seeds hemp protein at any health food store in canada or and or the u.s Uh, that's been you know fair game for however long it's never been a banned substance so what were you approaching thing about about cbds or cbd and or thc yeah i mean it's now we're getting into like the more the medicinal side of things versus nutritional side of management yeah Right, and the pain management, anxiety management, sleep management, you know, inflammation management, uh, neuroprotectant. So we're playing a contact sport. We're constantly banging our bodies. So there's still uh, rather see you guys on uh, opioids than cannabis. Well, you know, the drug their, their drug testing policy is still uh, you know in effect. They, they test for THC and can't test for CBD. Um, you know, but they haven't been proactive in saying, okay, hey, well. Here's here's an alternative. Here's a better here's a better way. So guys are on their own. So if it's, if you're talking about like the league versus the players, the players, I, mean, I would say 95 percent of the players are using some sort of cannabis based product, whether okay. it's CBD alone and or a combination of THC or you know one or the other. Mm-hmm. I can assure you that you know just dry herb back in the day, more than 50 percent of the guys are smoking. Now you got transdermal patches, topicals, sublinguals, capsules. I mean you name it, there's products for it. Um, so guys are, are very well versed. There's a lot of money in this game in sports. So uh, you know they're more mindful than they've ever been. They spend more money on training and recovery than they ever have. So the players are well versed. They're buying this stuff on their own. It, this needs to come from the league and the teams themselves. In my opinion, it needs to be actually taught and provided for in the locker room. 
Um, so that needs to come from the league. It means if, 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 as long as you're, you're drug testing for, for THC, that means you're looking at cannabis as, as a performance sensor, right. which, which is not, or, or, and or an illicit substance, Schedule One drug, which I guess it's technically still a Schedule One drug in the eyes of the U.S. federal government. Um, but I think the cat's out of the bag as far as like, you know, real true uh, healing plant versus pseudoscience and, and, and reality. So they know the direction it's going. That international border there complicates things. So like what, you know, now we're traveling with it now, you know, so there's there's some liability issues there. I think that's really what hangs it up. Okay. But as far as, you know, the acceptance from the players, retired players, I mean, they're all in. I mean, they, they can't get enough of it, honestly. Um, it's one of those things. So it's like if the league really wanted to help, and I, I, I do understand the political component to this. So, like, you know, yeah, Canada's legal, but the U.S. isn't. So it's like, okay, well, where, where do you draw the line? Is like, are you going to you know, fly into the U.S. now and then now, now pick up some cannabis wherever you, you know? Like, how does that yeah. work, you know? Yeah. so. Um, and how do you tell your players to travel safe with your cannabis products, you know? So <laughs> yeah. In the U.S., if it was just, you know, if it was just a sport that stayed in the U.S., you can travel with hemp. So th- it's really, it's no big deal. So um, and until the U.S. government changes their stance and it gets a little bit more clear on, you know, flying with it, traveling across, you know, the international border, I just don't see how the the, the NHL can actually promote it. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, because that, that, that's putting their players in a really, you know, really bad spots and if something did happen it would be on them and and there's probably some other political underlying issues too as far as like you know alcohol companies and pharma companies controlling you Big know sponsorships the, the, yeah you know what i mean and i'd like to think in two years you watch canopy or one of these big, yeah. big ones will will be the title sponsor of the nhl oh we'll be sitting there going man they're, they're, they're just waiting they're just yeah. waiting they can't advertise in canada right you can't advertise i i know canopy has a a box or a suite at the you know Maple Leaf Gardens, and they're and, and they can't promote it or you know advertise it. They're just waiting to flip flip the switch. They just invested, well, I'd say just. I was in the summertime, you know, you know, twenty million dollars. The NHL Alumni Association to study CBD in the brain. Wow. Um, they're just hovering. I mean, they're probably not the only one. There's probably about five other big dogs just hovering and waiting to get into pro sports. Um, and it's a matter of time, you know. Again, I say cats out of the bag. It's like. You know, alcohol is, you know, alcohol is outdated. You know, that way of managing pain and emotional pain is outdated. It just rots people. Mm. It rots their relationships. It rots their brain, um, you know, and, and I, I've lived it. I've seen it in the hockey world over and over and over again, the alcoholism. And, and, and it, it starts with cannabis prohibition because what else are you going to manage pain with? It's either alcohol or opioids. I've never you know, considered alcohol to be a pain reliever. And, you know, you see all the movies is, that do a shot reliever. as they take out the bullet type of thing. But I, I mean, had it's a, pain reliever 101. It's, yeah. it's physical pain and it's emotional pain probably more than the, than the, more than the physical. Yeah, it's I had a pericarditis last summer and I spent about four days in the hospital. It was pretty much a heart attack, but my heart's in good shape. But when I got out of the hospital, I remember when I started feeling good enough to have a couple beers with my buddy and... Uh, I was at the house here, and I had not even two beers, and I'm up walking, like, breaking the yard, and my headspace is all, like, look at me. I haven't felt this good in two weeks. Two beers, and I'm up walking around and doing stuff, and, and with, you know, I had to pay for it the next day because you know, right. I, I wasn't cured. But, man, for those six or seven hours there, I felt like it could take on the world. But what's uh, the relationship with CTE? I know a tough guy like you, an enforcer, probably had too many smacks in the mouth and fallen on his head a couple times. 
times out in the ice. And have, have you done any work with the guys that are really suffering with that? And what's your connection to them? Yeah, so you know, CTE can't be diagnosed technically until until your dad you tell your dad. So mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, there's symptoms oh. of what could be. Mm-hmm. I think this whole conversation about CTE fighting in the brain is is somewhat complicated because what I've seen, and I'm I'm an accountable guy, right? I mean, I've been punched in the face thousands of times, been over 250 hockey fights, <laughs> wow. but, uh, party like a rock star, a lot of booze, <laughs> a lot of street drugs, and. And being honest with this conversation about the brain and brain health, I have to be honest with substance abuse and how it impacts the brain. So if you want to mix in head trauma, concussions, and, and the whole bit with substance abuse, well, you're going to get a messy result, right? I mean, it's it's not going to be good. I mean, you just mentioned alcohol. You didn't feel good the next day. Well, it dehydrates the brain. Um, and staying up late and partying and doing that whole thing is not good for is not good for the brain. And then you mix in, get punched in the head. So I, my point being is I did a... You know, I lived it. I, I did it very, very wrong, you know. Um, but thankfully, I was able to exit the game, you know, at the age of 28 because I recognized how bad it was and how bad, you know, how bad, my, you know, my mental health was at the time. And, 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 and you know, I ended up having an exit strategy. But what I learned when I got out of it was you know, I dived into this quest of, you know, holism and all the stuff we were talking about earlier um, but when I started to learn about the cannabinoids being neuroprotectants and the U.S. government mm-hmm. actually holding a patent on these cannabinoids as neuroprotectants and antioxidants, that's when I knew that this was my mission for life because it was yeah. like, okay, well, now I have, you know, eight years of experience of being, you know, punched in the face, you know, substance abuse, you know, party animal, the whole bit. And now I can just like exit the game and heal. So that's when I really started to get into cannabis on this, you know, medicinal, spiritual level uh, was understanding these cannabinoids as neuroprotectants. So um, once I started learning that, I also learned, you know, psilocybin mushrooms, essentially the same thing, reconnecting neural pathways, you know, helping brain health and, you know, anxiety and substance abuse, alcoholism, um, all these PTSD, all these things that I essentially had, right? So um, between the two of them, um, and I and again, both had relationships previous to this with, but again, not understanding the science, not exactly understanding what they were really doing, but now with a new intention, mm. uh, uh, using these plant-based and uh, medicines and, and the fungi to to essentially um, help mitigate some of the damage that it caused and help heal the brain and promote neurogenesis, you know, brain cell growth, and just help regain my whole mental health. Uh, um, back so uh, both of those tools really was were were saviors in the sense that now I understood the brain enough that okay well yeah you can you can hurt the brain you can damage the brain but you can also repair the brain just like the wow. physical body your body wants to heal mm-hmm. your body is is, is is an amazing living organism right it's just trying to survive and we are great at auto intoxication we are great at killing ourselves. <laughs> I forget who said it. Is that like we don't die, we kill ourselves. <laughs> That's essentially what happens, right? I mean, wow, yeah. accumulation of decisions over your life. Like, how much poison can your body take? How much alcohol can your body take? How much, you know, stress? How many late nights and lack of sleep? How how much of that can your your body actually take, and then eventually you die, or it manifests itself into, into disease? But you know, again, what I learned from getting punched in the face, you know, for a living was that. I could reverse all the damage I had caused. 
I mean, I, I was accountable. I, I, you know, I admitted I partied. I did all these things. You know what I mean? I, I need to stop that. First thing I did, first year out of, out of playing hockey, stopped drinking, just drinking water, you know, went mainly plant-based diet, just started to detox, you know, adding nutrition to my body and then using these allies, you know, using cannabinoids more mindfully, you know, getting into the CBD oils, you know, not, non-intoxicating. So I wasn't taking that to to be impaired. I mean, I, I was still still using THC, but, you know, adding that other, you know, other element, other other dimension of cannabis to my daily regimen. And, you know, psilocybin, I went through, you know, these different phases of, you know, macro dosing and, you know, doing, doing the, the hero's dose, five grams, and just, you know, sitting and listening and, you know, in a micro meditation to yeah. micro Yeah, I was going to ask you how you ap- apply it if, it if it was micro dose because, you know, you don't want to be tripping walking around in the world. So, I mean, if you're using it for, for therapy, maybe, yeah, you could do the five gram uh, you know, sit and meditate to, or freak out, watch the, the the walls melt. But yeah, I guess I don't know much about the microdosing, but I, you know, I hear microdosing on LSD actually. And, and there's, there's some guys Same with world. PST, uh, PSTD are getting some really good results of the microdosing yeah. from, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just enough to, to, to really kind of activate that brain connectivity and, and activity. It's just, um, you almost, you almost feel it, honestly. Um, like with the microdose, what I feel was, uh, you know, like just a sense of clarity, focus, wow. uh, this subtle energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then once you cross over that microdose line, I mean, you're talking about, you know, 100 milligrams is a tenth of a gram. So anybody knows anything about you right. know, dosed mushrooms, it's like it's really insignificant when you talk about eating mushrooms, but it's enough to a tenth of a gram. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, a tenth of a gram. And that's, you know, uh, that's what I've been been using mainly. And um, it's uh it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, they, they both serve their purpose, just like cannabis. I mean, I think, I think if we understood cannabis a little bit more, even, you, you know, as, as far as microdosing cannabis and, and macrodosing cannabis, I think most people, when they associate, you know, cannabis with a feeling, they, they right away think of like beyond stoned, you yeah. know, stone on my, on my, on my, on my back, on my couch. Green and out. Yep. Well, it's just like, well, it's intemperance, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's a lack of moderation or a lack of understanding how much your body actually needs. It's like, you know, people say, "Well, yeah, the trip, the fan, and the turkey made me tired." It's like, well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the three thousand calories of bread and and stuff, stuffing yeah. and mashed potatoes you ate too. You know what I mean? It's intemperance. So, if people understood, you know, microdosing food or microdosing caffeine or microdosing any of this stuff, and how much your body actually needs, versus always going to the other extreme, which is overdoing it. You know what I mean? We overdo everything. So. Um, that that comes with you know experience and, and awareness and being in tune with your body because that's the way I view essentially anything I put in my body. You know, is this a micro or is this a macro? You know, right. what I mean? how, how am I going to feel from this? Because um, obviously two different effects. But cannabis sure. is a great case study for this because you know uh, two and a half gram edible doesn't sound like much, but highly effective. You know, micro dose. Um, once you get into ten milligrams, still not that much. But could, could could end somebody's day, not not actually life or death, but end somebody's day in the sense of <laughs> how we sacrifice productivity, <laughs> right? Medicine, you know what I mean? And that's the whole that, that's the whole key of healing and, and finding finding the sweet spot with these with these herbs and 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 and, and flowers and and fungi is is how can I use this medicine where I don't have to be impaired for five hours or be on my back or I mean where I can actually get up and. And, and be productive and get my stuff done and feel good and you know communicate with people and commune and all these things so um and it's res- it's respect right it's respect to the medicine or the food 
um, because we're trying to get energy out of this. We're trying to get healing out of these things, but they can also work against us. I mean, mm-hmm. every every single thing that is good can also be bad, and that's just a respect for it, right? I mean, you you, you can actually overdrink water and die. Sure, yeah. you know I mean? it's like you can clearly overeat overeat food and maybe not die on the spot. I'm sure people have, but I mean, you can eat yourself to death. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. You know, in the whole argument of you know cannabis, like I think of all the, the things out there, all the tools out there to manage, you know, say. Anxiety, inflammation, all these different things. It's got to be the safest. Yes, you can abuse it. You can overconsume it. And if you green out, you think you're dying. More people have ended up in the uh, hospital from edibles than any other drug ever. Because it's the old joke. Hi, honey, I I ate one of those cookies. Oh, no, that's not the cookie. You don't eat those cookies, honey. Uh, uh, Well, call me back in an hour or so. Hey, how are you doing? Hi, honey, and me, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm in the the, the ambulance on the way to the hospital. What do you mean? Oh, I thought I was dying. I'll meet you there. (laughs) You know, I took it one time, and I didn't have it. I didn't have any respect for it either, being a lifelong smoker uh, of cannabis. Well, not, I mean, since my high school days. And then uh, it, it was the only thing that would make my mother uh, sleep when she was dying of cancer uh, yeah. was the cookies uh, that my cousin made out of the, you know, the butter. And then after she was gone, you know, we had a little, we were having a few friends over one night. And I'm like, yeah, give me one of those cookies. Well, I was a bunch of drinks in. And I'm like, oh, yeah. in my mind, I'm like, well, my THC level is, is like, Give me a cookie because everyone's saying, oh, those cookies, you know, I'm like, eh, I'll be fine. Right. I ate the thing. And then, again, I had the Lenny Kravitz doing the spinning uh, on the, on the oh, carpet. Yeah. I was on the on the couch for 45 minutes. I couldn't function. And I think uh, that's yeah. a lot. You know, I'm, I'm a seasoned recreational drug user from from way back, a lot less now than I used to be, especially with the alcohol. But I just didn't have any clue. And I think this is the problem with a lot of people that try cannabis. They get their balls when they're drinking. And then yep. they try to smoke, and then they end up throwing up because and I always tell people, listen, give it a chance when you're straight. Like, find yeah, out what this thing is all about. And I appreciate you talking about macro versus micro because I think when you smoke, that that's pro- probably a macro because your 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 blood, the capillaries just extract the THC like that. And then, you know, macro is doing like a whole cookie rather than, you know, I've uh, talked to a lot of people, musicians, Jeez, on on um, on Wall Street, they're microdosing psilocybin and and yeah. LSD to be the, on the top of their game. And uh, I've heard people say game, yeah. it's just like having a bunch of coffees. It's just like valley, having man. the best day you've ever had, and you're yeah. not torched. You're not you're not uh, inebriated. It's sustainable energy. It's focus. Exactly. It. I mean, like I said, Silicon Valley the same thing as the coders, man. It's like you're able to dial into your work without distraction. Focus. focus you know most people are so distracted right i mean you got, you got your phones you got people blah blah, mm. blah you know all these things going on i think it just helps you, you dial in but uh you said you you made a really good point or uh, you want you know you, you you started what i wanted to make a point on was the, the alcohol first and then cannabis um you know ro- you know say rookie maneuver i've done it <laughs> i've done it a, a ton but uh um, you gotta be very, very careful if you're drinking first, then consuming cannabis, because that's what happens. You know, well, the, I think it's something eating, about like, the alcohol that lets it go through the brain barrier easily, more easily. Yeah, it needs get, fat too. Spins, people are landing up puking, have really bad experience. And you know, I always say, you know, people, people want to say cannabis is the gateway drug, and I, I say it's the gateway to wellness. It's an exit drug, but to, to me, the true gateway drug. Is alcohol absolutely i agree with for, you 100%. for your exact reason there is like every stupid thing i've done in my life every hard drug i've done 
always been under the influence of alcohol. Even the hard drugs. I don't wake up after doing the hard drugs if I stay away from the alcohol. Well, alcohol usually leads to the hard drugs. But even if I went crazy on the hard drugs, if I didn't drink, I wake up in the morning like, wow, do I actually feel normal? Other than I haven't slept in so long or whatever. But yeah, even add the alcohol to it. It just it uh, it's a bad combination all the way around. It's tough, man. Yeah, just poor decision making, right? I mean, again, just uh, the decision making is one thing, and then what it's actually doing to your brain and you know and body is a whole other thing. I don't think there's another drug. And I, I don't have many that I've ever played around with in high school. We did the LSD and the mushrooms and stuff like that. I don't play. I, actually, I did acid a couple of years ago on New Year's just for the hell of it. I had a half hit, and I, I was with a buddy, and we took it. And my, my face the next day was sore from smiling. It was exactly. I've never had a bad trip or whatever. But, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, anyways, I'm rambling now. I can't remember where I was going. Tell us about your new venture, man, and, and what some of the products that you're – you're kicking. I, I still look at the market, and I'm not. Again, I don't occupy much space in there uh, anymore. But I, I still looking at a, a, a commercial uh, oil that's EFA loaded. You know, like yep. hemp oil is just right out of the seed. But then with the addition of CBD, now is CBD's regulated down there? Do you need to? Or can you just put it on a on a supermarket shelf and have whole? cold-pressed hemp oil with CBD in it because I think the CBD, what it doesn't have in it naturally is a really nice addition, and I think that's uh, that's got to be a marketable product, man. 100%, yeah. So it's uh, it, it's legal in the U.S. under the Farm Bill. It's not regulated. So the FDA still hasn't uh, you know drawn their line in the sand. So oh. what you're seeing right now, even before it's wild the West. Farm Bill was signed, is the Wild West. I mean, you're, every health food store, every cafe, any holistic... <sighs> healing center whether it's a you know a yoga studio to a chiropractor massage therapist it's sold everywhere i think it's just the big dog the big dog companies that are just playing a little bit safer than you know these t- the middle tier and smaller companies as far as you know putting in their stores like cvs walgreens they've all put it you know at least the top it's not like that in canada man cbd's not no. being blown up here no because that was what i was saying earlier is that they've they've mismanaged this legalization um, where the CBD is sold under the dispensary model. So you actually still have to go through that model to buy CBD versus, and again, the U.S. sold as a, it's a health food supplement. Wait, what it's is like, it, money, you think, or just ignorance? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's ignorance. Oh, yeah, it's ignorance. I mean, I think the people that are, you know, regulating this don't understand it enough or they're protecting, you know, the, the pharma. You know, right. I think I think you're going to see in the U.S. it's going to change. I mean, the, these regulations will come out in the next six months. They were supposed to already come out this fall. Um, it's a challenging one because how do you regulate it? Is it a pharmaceutical? Because GW Pharmaceuticals owns a patent and has a FDA-approved drug for epilepsy. It's a natural CBD, full-spectrum CBD product. Wow. So it's, it, it is technically right now um, – approved for a drug so that's not synthetic though is it it's not synthetic it's oh, okay. natural. Yeah, yeah yeah it's actually surprising <laughs> yeah really i know they it's didn't actually, go far with the isolate yeah so it's very surprising but they but they do um have an fda approved drug on the market so the fda very well could say guess what guys take everything off the shelves this is a drug and they've made oh, statements like that before yeah. where it's like okay um, but then, you know, you have these food companies and, you know, everyone and their brother is, is infused it into something like it's it's to me and it, it can cover all that. It can be a, a pharmaceutical, it can be a nutraceutical or it could be a holistic medicine and it should be able to be infused in food. You know what I mean? We have to let the, 
the common man play in this game? Because the common man is the one that got cannabis legalized in the first place. It pushed, pushed it. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't the corporations lobbying for this. You know what I mean? They were no. the ones fighting it. Now they wanted to get into it. Biotech, pharma, alcohol, tobacco, all the big dogs. So um, let's let's make this a little bit more of a play, you know, even playing field. You know, right now it's um, it's still it's unregulated. So the common man is just taking advantage of this this gray area right now, which they did even previous to the farm bill, but, um, you know, topicals, capsules, I mean, you, you name it, you find the delivery method or, you know, it it's, it's, it's out there. I mean, barbecue sauce, cotton candy. I mean, it's, 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 it's actually, it's become disgraceful. Honestly, um, they've exploited something so powerful and, and good. And now, you know, they're taking advantage of naive consumers. It's like the so, greenwashing. Everything's going to be green. Yeah, yeah. CBD on the front of everything. CBD clothes. CBD sauce. <laughs> CBD I mean, you name it. But you know that's all, that, that's how naive people are. Is like all they know about hemp and cannabis is CBD. They don't understand like the rest of it. <laughs> but <laughs> on anything, they'll buy it, and that's you know. So there needs to be some regulation, obviously, because right now there's no standard either. I mean, these guys, you know, are probably extracting this in their bathtubs, and you know, a lot of these companies, and there's no real, real true standard. So there needs to be some regulation. Mm-hmm. But I'm just concerned of how regulated it's going to be. You know, is it going to be overly red tape like Canada, where it's like, okay, well, now we legalize it, but only, only if you're one of these certain people mm-hmm. that you could profit from this. And it's you know politicians and you know law enforcement and all these different people coming out of the woodworks that are, are, are trying to trying to get their cake. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But as it stands right now, I mean, you can walk in any health food store, any convenience store, you'll find some. Some version of a CBD product can't wow, guarantee it's going to cool. be good. But, no, you, know, right. you have to figure that out on your own. Okay. That's the challenge of unregulated, uh, you know, territories. Yeah, wild, wild west. Anyways, uh, just expand on your products a little bit more, and then just on the way out, I want to respect your time. I want to get you, your take on the current state of the NHL, though. But tell us about Body Check and uh, Athletes for Care and everything else you're working on. Sure. Yeah, uh, Body Check Wellness is a hemp-derived CBD company. Um, everything is grown and processed in Boulder, Colorado, currently. Uh, organically grown uh, soil is nutrient rich processing is uh, super critical co2 extraction high quality product we just wanted to put together um, a high quality product um, that would compete against any of the, the people that are actually doing this the right way so uh, what we've seen there was a just a lot of snake oil in the marketplace just a lot of people just uh, again just very very well marketed companies putting nicely flashy cbd labels all over the place and uh, we wanted to to do it right and do something that actually worked, and, um, and that's what we did. So we got uh, oils, the tinctures, uh, s- sublingual underneath the tongue, capsules, and topicals. And you know, one of the unique uh, uh, products that we do have is a capsule. It's 10 milligrams of full spectrum CBD oil, uh, as well as a blend of six different medicinal mushrooms, uh, all legal, uh, no psilocybin in there. Oh, really? <laughs> but all positive for wow, the brain nice. okay. and immunity and, and energy. So lion's mane, I don't know if you're familiar with it no. or not, but no. uh, you know, really good for, for the brain and focus and clarity. And, uh, it, you know, a chaga reishi, good for immunity. Um, and um, it's cordyceps, good for energy. So it's just kind of a combination of, of, you know, CBD, which helps, you know, calm the nervous system and brings, you know, that, you know, that uh, the overall will, feeling of just, uh, you know, well-being. And then the added value of the, uh, you know, the focus, clarity, and immunity-boosting properties of the mushrooms. So just, uh, you know, just trying to 
stay progressive with this whole movement because as you know like again like cbd i make the analogy all the time cbd is like vitamin c to the orange it's just one compound in this plant and we've become so shallow in our thinking that we just like right away it's like everything all in on cbd you know it's like okay well it's a great compound but you know there's more to forget where it comes to yeah so has rogan uh, picked up on it with on it do you know because he's he's. I'm not sure if the has a CBD product yet. I'm sure they're right around the corner. He just actually endorsed a CBD drink the other day. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to blank what it's called, but uh, yeah, those guys are you know those guys are ahead of the curve with all that stuff too. Perfect. So you got to touch his guy, his booking agent there, Matt, up and get you on the show, man. That's a I, I love Rogan. I would show. love that conversation because I yep. feel like you know I listen to him all the time, but I feel yeah. like yeah, you know, his philosophies are very in line with mine. Yeah, pretty much top to bottom. Cool. Sure. Talk to us a little bit about the NHL on the way out. What do you see in these days? What's uh, well? I mean, last time we talked, I'm, I'm not a huge Batman fan. I don't. I know you, you're a big fan, but uh, <laughs> what uh, what's uh, what do you what do you uh, see in these days in the NHL, the current state? You know, it's it's changed so much since I retired, and it hasn't been that long. 2011. Um, there has to be this middle ground of you know the Broad Street bullies and this new age NHL. I think. You know, the game itself has become very soft. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, we need fighting. We need this barbaric behavior. But, I mean. Uh, it I certainly like settled a bunch of disputes rather than spearing, right? Yeah. I mean, to, to me, it's it's, it's uh, the, the fighting and the accountability has always removed this this cheap play, right? And Whether it it's forced the code. And now it doesn't yeah, seem like there is a code. Exactly. It's just like it's it's self policing and accountability is a powerful thing, especially when you got someone on the other bench that, you know, will put a fist through your mouth if you <laughs> if you act a certain way. You know what I mean? And, and fear um, is powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that the game needs to be about that, but you see a lot of guys running around now and acting like King Kong and there's no accountability. And it was like, OK, we'll just go hide behind the wraps. Let's go on the power play. And. Um, you know, so I, I just think it's bred a lot of disrespect in the game. So for that reason, I, I'm not loving it. I think the attitude for some of these younger guys, it's, you know, it's I don't know, we call them millennials or you know, what, what the next generation's called. But, you know, softer, softer, you know, generation, uh, the entitlements, you know, oh, I coached, man. you know, pro sports not even two years ago. And the entitlement of some of these guys, they're just like, OK, well, I'm drafted and, now, now, give me a spot in the Flyers. Or give me a spot. You know, it's like, well, no, you're, you've only earned your draft position. Now you got to earn a spot in an organization. So it's you know the work has just really begun. And um, you know, from that perspective, I just I just think the way we think has become so soft. Let you know, just again, no accountability. No one wants to. No one wants to own up and and be responsible. I think. Uh, and you see it trickle down into just the you know the, the current affairs of the NHL. It's like we're going on witch hunts to take down people. Um, you know, where I think of all the sports, I mean, hockey's got to be up there as far you know as far as one of the you know. There's always flaws in everything, but it's got to be one of the you know the best cultures um, in team sports. But yeah, it certainly got its flaws, and there's a lot to be fixed. But um, mm-hmm. you know, to go and you know. To tear it up and go after everybody, I think they just need help. You know what I mean? I think people just need help. But there's there's a lot more good coaches than bad coaches, and there's a lot more you know positive positive stuff coming out of hockey than negative coming out of hockey. But um, you know, sports and hockey just mimics what's going outside going on outside of the out of the locker room. Good it's, point. Yeah. You know, it's 
whether you're talking about uh, you know injustices and abuse or substance abuse and or just you know it's a microcosm yeah the design of you know politics and structure like <laughs> that's just you know hockey's just a microcosm of society yeah, so for sure it's a key in society and seeing hockey, but I think you know the overall culture and you know I mean there's, there's there's more good people in the game than there is bad, you know versus a lot of different jobs and you know and um, and organizations outside of sports that you know you probably have a lot more a holes and um, you know and abuse going on than than, than that. So it's um, it, you know I think it's just it's always evolving, right? It's always been evolving. I think. I think you just got to find a happy medium with some of these, you know, these extreme views that, you know, I think media is responsible for a lot of this and there's probably, you know, insurance. I'm not even sure where a lot of this pressure is coming from, but um, I feel like we're so, so, we're so quick to jump on whatever the new opinion is of the week. You know what I mean? Cause it's mm-hmm. easy to jump on and yeah, we take out a hot, you know, if you want to take out concussions to take out fighting. Well, yeah, it seems like, you know, a simple truth, but what they don't tell you and you can't really quantify is what fighting does to the, you know, to, to the psyche to, to bring in peace and accountability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, you can't quantify that, but when you take out fighting, okay, we'll, we'll remove 4% of the concussions. Well, it's still got 20, you got, still got 96% of the concussions still in the game. The game's faster than ever. The guys are bigger, faster, stronger than ever. So you need to be able to protect your players and hold them up a little bit, slow them down. And, um, and have that beef on the other side where it's like, okay, well, guess what? If something does happen, well, I can go at least self-police it, mm-hmm. and maybe that won't happen again. But, you know, if you're going to leave it up to the refs, it's just like, okay, well, you can't defend yourself um, in, in the real world. You can't have a firearm. You can't defend yourself, but we'll just wait. Just wait till the police get there. They'll save you. You know, it's like, you know, it's just like this, these irrational ways of thinking in certain situations. Like, oh, yeah. if someone's beating on you or, you know, doing this, just 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 wait for the refs and go on the power play. Well, it's like something to be said about defending yourself right mm-hmm. i mean i'm not you know, i'm not pushing violence but like when you go so far on the other side it just opens up real you know, true non-tough guys to becoming a tough guy because there's no no true tough guy mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so that again that psyche is is powerful one i mean i remember playing games where oh i'm planning on playing against donald brashear in the washington capitals oh brashear's not playing he's hurt well, guess what? I can go run around like you're a bigger jackass out there because I don't have to fight the biggest, bad, baddest dude in the league, you know. Versus, okay, well now he's in the, you know, he's in the lineup. I may, as well, I may, might have to be careful with what I, what I do because I don't want him to grab me in a, you know, a vulnerable position. So, you know, that psyche, you know, I think that the, the, the psyche has just evolved into we're we're just we're like nerfing the world and bubble wrapping bubble everything, wrap, yeah. and be cautious of what we say and you know how we you know we, we do and. There's a fine line. Don't get me wrong. I mean, abuse is abuse, and physical abuse is a physical abuse. And um, but you know, something to be said about someone telling you exactly how it is and not holding back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not sugarcoating shit and being honest with you. I think being honest is the best thing we can do for our youth. But you know, but where's the line now of yeah. like being honest and now being abusive? I think that's where um, you know it, it, it gets it gets gray and it's. Uh, up for interpretation you know some people are softer be like if someone told you about you're you had a brutal game and you played like a pansy like you know that could be taken as abuse and crossing that line where i think that's no i think that's that's positive you're just 100 truthful you know that's what I, from a coach that's what i want to hear you know sure. i want a coach that's honest with me it's actually talking to me um whether it's good bad or indifferent but you know again there's a there's a, there's a fine line there but now we're crossing over into abuse but 
I think we just become so soft and, and it's, it's easy to, oh, it's about the kids, you know, it's about the kids. And it, it is absolutely, we've got to protect them. We've got to, we've got, we've got to create a better future for them. But, well, this is the type of athlete we bring up when we give participation ribbons for everything. You know, there's no true champions anymore. Everyone's a winner. You're just fine the way you are. Riley, I really appreciate your time. I want to cut you loose because I respect your time. We're running a little long here. Who do, who do you right. still t- stay in touch with from the old the old days in hockey? Who's some of your boys that you're still uh, chummy with? Yeah, I stay in touch with uh, Dan Carcillo, uh, Jeff Carter. Uh, guys Hartnell. used to fight? Yeah, <laughs> guys used to fight. Um, I, my old roommate, Grant McNeil. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a few guys online, they, Trevor Gillies and, and um, you know, you know, Scott Parker and these guys, you know, they're, they're in and around online. We're always, uh, t- you know, firing off comments, stuff like that. But uh, Car- Carcillo is probably you know, Todd Fedorik, some other guys I see around, you know, the Flyers, uh, you know, Flyers games, the alumni guys. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to keep up in, in, with everybody, you know. So you busy, yeah. I mean, I got so many people I would love to constantly be in contact with, but you just know how it is. It's just uh, it's nearly impossible. I'm going to go put Ashley on my notification list so I see her tweets from now on, man. I missed the – this. I think the last video I saw was uh, you, I don't know, sitting in the living room and, uh, the, I don't know, playing a trick on one of the kids coming in. I just – I retweeted that. I just love that video. But uh, just on the way out, give me a good sound bite about uh, Coach Cherry, Grapes. What, what do you think? What do you think of the whole takedown of Ron McLean kind of – Throwing them under the bus and this whole cancel culture and politically correctness. No, I don't know. Yeah, you know. I know I you're think, not usually that political, but I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't right. have you on without asking you about grapes. Yeah, well, I think you know Don Cherry probably should have been fired a long time ago. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I, I think he he you know he brings a, a value of entertainment to hockey in Canada, but you know you listen to the guy talk and he's clearly disconnected with the you know the present. So, um, yeah. I love him. I grew up watching him, Me but too. I think our candidates for that position, in, in, you know, in, in 2019, um, the comment that got him fired essentially is he's, he said way worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he, <laughs> I didn't think it was that that bad. I mean, it was just a it's just a it's mumbled like, speech and a bad choice of words. I mean, there's yeah, just, well, that's exactly. what happens when the red's light. Yeah, when the red light's on, it, things come out differently. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you're under exactly. pressure. Exactly, and uh, you know, he, and you know, in his defense, he he did have a point. Um, it's just again, it's it's the culture that just can't accept it. He's like, you just got to say it a different way. Well, it, it was just it was just him He's telling sloppy. people to, to to respect. Mm-hmm. We'll show a little more respect. Is basically what I got out of it. But you know, he has his way of delivering things. He always has. He's always you know, rode that line, crossed over it many times. Um, and that was the straw that you know, broke the camel's back. But I mean, I think, you know, I, th- I think clearly there's a disconnect with, with, you know, with his view of hockey and pro- probably politics and other things that, you know, um, than, 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 than many. And I think, you know, I think there's a ton of guys that could take that job. Uh, you know, obviously he's the face of uh, hockey night in Canada, but, you know, you got to have someone that's a little bit more, you know, educated. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, it's like cause I, I, I have to turn them off sometimes because it's just like, come on, man. Like, really? Like, is that how you see it? Or that's how you're going to say it? Yeah. Um, but, you know, people just think it's funny or it's comical or, you know, there's probably a ton of Canadians that actually believe what he's saying, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I think most of the people in the hockey world are just kind of shake their head at a lot of the stuff he's saying. And even though he was an icon and still is, um, 
you got to move on. You know what I mean? It's like that's part of this evolution is just like bringing in, you know, younger voices, more connected voices, people that actually understand it, the modern game a little bit more, you know, the modern mentality a little bit more, you know, not to soften it up that much. But, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Ron McLean seems like a pretty, you know, grounded guy that's been, you know, listening to this. This, this 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 rubbish for years and years and years and just you know shaking his head and, and the way you know the, the way he's looking um you know on on tv is w- the way most people are thinking at home you know in the way i know certainly the way i'm coming but my battery's dying too yeah it was my uh, phone. uh brother thank you so much for the time i'll uh touch you up soon uh just uh, oh hemp uh, hemp hills music festival Are you still putting that on i am yeah okay, actually uh, yeah we moved it from philly this year to new jersey right over the right over the water over the bridge because they they actually knocked down the the venue that was uh hosting the hemp hills music festival and they turned it into a basically a series of condos so oh. we had to shift uh, states okay. live venue and everything but yeah still doing that and then uh, doing some Stuff with hockey, the hemp peel stuff. Hemp peels hockey is just uh, you know teaching the youth about hemp seeds and the nutrition and you know, CBD recovery, all that stuff. So awesome, all good stuff. All right, brother, I appreciate your time and love you lots. And uh, say give my best to the wife, and uh, I look forward to see some more videos of those uh, kids of yours running around. <laughs> You're looking right. great, man. I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thank you, brother. Thanks. All right, have a good day. Peace, Take bro. Care. That was Riley Cote, if you need him, former tough guy for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Hemp Heels Foundation, Hemp Heels Music Fest. He was uh, a Calder Cup winner with the Phantoms. And uh, Man of the Year in 2006-07 for the Phantoms, the uh, Pelly Lindbergh Award. Uh, we talked about his older sister. He's been pretty active in the MS community, and uh, he's got his uh, Cote culture coming up soon. But uh, Body Check Wellness, that's with a K, not a CK, bodycheckwellness.com. You can catch him there. And uh, he's making his tour. He's hitting some podcasts and whatnot. But uh, uh, thank you for tuning in today. It'll be up on YouTube later. Don't forget to subscribe, share, like, and comment. Peace out, yo. Peace. Peace. Cameras everywhere. (laughs) How do you end the meeting? Click end meeting. End meeting for all. Save this one. That one's saving. Your recording that needs to be converted before viewing. Peace, bro.